Well, <clears throat> I was listening this week to a service that uh, Charlie Fraser was preaching. And he mentioned in it, his great-grandfather was a preacher. His grandfather was a preacher. His father was a preacher. And now he's a preacher. And I was thinking, there's some young men and the generation that's coming up that could end up saying the same thing. And each and every one of us, you know, uh, we never know what God's got for us. But it is something I've paid attention to uh, a lot of times in the same family. God will keep calling young men to be preachers. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, not always because my dad so I was thinking about that this morning. My dad, he come from a family of drinkers, fighters. Even his father even murdered a man while he was still a kid. And uh, so God can take people from a family that knows nothing about God if they just got a tender heart and they're willing to listen and be used of God. So each and every one of us, you know, we have an opportunity. Uh, I'm sure there's nobody that makes you become a preacher, even if your father was and your grandfather was, a uh, great-grandfather, all of that. Uh, we can refuse to do what God's called us for. Uh, he's not going to make us. He'll just make us at the end of life, which we had. And, you know, uh, I ran from preaching for quite a little while. But when the Spirit of God told me, I'd rather be preaching than anything I know. And each and every one of us, God can use us and accomplish something with us with us if we only yield ourselves unto him. And you know, as we were studying in Sunday school about <clears throat> basically the plan of salvation over what it used to be back under the law, and each and every one of us has a great opportunity that God has given us, not because we deserve it, just because God loves us. And in that ninth chapter of Hebrews, we're going to read the last two verses. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? Then if you'll go down into the uh, 10th chapter and the 22nd verse, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Now, you know, 
if Daryl was preaching this morning and he was talking about the priest that went into the Holy of Holies, and if he was unfit, now he was to take blood in for his own self and uh, the sins of the people to sacrifice, but still if he was found unworthy for some reason, uh, he could be killed there. And anybody entering that wasn't the high priest could have died. But then there, as he Darrell pointed out, when Christ was on the cross and he died, that veil that separated the temple from that holy of holies, uh, it rent from the top to the bottom. And Christ made it possible that all of us could go in. But to be able to go in, we must have that death to sin because we cannot obtain that spirit and that new life without having that death to sin. And just like there, you and I, if we think that we're going to make it without having the blood of Jesus Christ applied, we're just so sadly mistaken because that 28th verse says, so Christ was once offered to bear our sins of, of, of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And you and I today, God is looking down on each and every one of us to see what is our desire. You'll find probably there was a lot of men back then that was in the priesthood that wondered if they'd ever get to see inside of that. Would they ever become high priest that they'd get and be able to look at what was beyond them? They but I've often wondered what did I all those priests do when they went into that temple the next day and that veil was red. They couldn't help but see it but yet they didn't fall dead. Why? Because they had been a bridesmaid on Calvary for them that they could be made alive. It wasn't death to look upon God, but it was love. You and I today, it will just look into the things of God. We can find that you're still alive, being given to man. And we only accept it. And I'm so thankful that God, he sees us and knows us. And each and every one of us here in that last part that we read to you, he said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You and I, Christ promised that he'd come back to get us, but we got to be faithful in watching and waiting, being ready to go. You'll find there in the 10 virgins, it says five was wise and five were foolish. Five had oil. The others, their oil had run out. Their lamps was out. They hadn't paid attention to what was important in life. You and I today, we must be on fire for God. We must have that light burning on the inside that the world might see exactly what's going on today. They might realize that God hasn't changed all the world. It's so sick to even listen to news on the radio anymore for what they're calling okay. You'll find today anybody that's standing up and calling for righteousness, according to what the Bible requires.
Lord. There's some kind of a hateful bigot. But yeah, we embrace the very awful thing that God says an abomination and that it will destroy us. And yet nobody wants to pay attention to what God's word says on anything. We would rather take what man is saying about it. And yet man has been proven wrong ever since the Garden of Eden. And God has never been proven wrong. And he's proved himself. And you know, how many of us has ever really read what the Bible says about the temple and what was beyond the veil and ever got a picture in our mind of what we thought that it might look like. Well, you know, I don't know exactly why God gave Moses the pattern to build everything the way that he did, what was the purpose of it, but I've heard people say it was to represent the temple that's in heaven. Well, you know, my understanding, God the Father, God the Son, they are the temple. We don't need a building or a temple in heaven. There won't be one there because when we look upon them, what could be better? And each and every one of us, we've got that opportunity if we'll only be obedient unto him here, strive. You know, all the priests, they had strict things that they had to abide by in their office. Like Darrell was preaching this morning. Some that didn't do what they were supposed to, they paid with their life. You and I today, the world might think it's okay. But if we don't do what God asks us, we're going to pay with our life. Not maybe this physical life right now but the life to come when this life is over. And each and every one of us, you know, I'm so thankful that God has given us an opportunity because Christ paid such a price. that We could have such an opportunity. You know, back then, they were priests that wasn't, well, it even speaks about it in the Bible. They turned, instead of it being a house of prayer and what God wanted, they made it a den of thieves. You could bring a sheep in to be offered a lamb, and it could be perfect looking as far as you could see, and the priest might turn it down, make you buy another one, and then turn around and sell yours to somebody else because there really wasn't nothing wrong. They were just wanting money. You and I today... God looks down and he sees nothing's changed. In our churches today, it's all a thing for money and to try and get prestige. That's what they're after. But you and I, God tells us we're supposed to come to worship God. And, you know, if we come for any other reason to the house of the Lord, we've wasted our time. We just might as well set it home because God sees what's in the heart and he blesses us according to what's in our heart and our attention. And, you know, we might never be able to see a temple built like this was uh, and set up the way that it was. You know, it would be interesting if, 
they had that today with that veil rent where you could walk in and see what all was behind it. But it's much better to go and be able to see God where he is now. You know, it was something. I've, I've often wondered. They went in there to meet with God, but yet God told Moses, nobody's seen my face and lived. But me and you, he's promised we can. There's coming a time when we can not only look on the face of Christ, the one that paid the price, but we can look on the face of the Father. And you and I today, we have been blessed far above measure. And, you know, there again, that last verse, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. You and I, it's not good enough to say I'm a Christian, but we must be rooted and grounded in that. We must have the faith that overcomes. You know, granted, the devil brings all kinds of things our way to try, tempt us. But if we've got faith to believe, we can overcome all temptations. Why? Because God promised he wouldn't let a temptation come upon us that we weren't able to overcome if we put our faith and trust in him. And each and every one of us, we look at this and we see just how wonderful God is. As it is appointed unto man once to die, but after death the judgment, then Christ steps in to make it or we have a chance at judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You and I, you know, we know we're going to die. That's a surety. Uh, I'm just 27 days from turning 78. And if I live that long, but you know, God promised us that death's coming on each and every one of us. We don't know what age we're going to be. I was listening to the obituaries today. More younger than me was on it than it was older. It's appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. So each and every one of us, we're going to stand and give an account before God of the life we've lived. If we lived it beneath the blood of Jesus Christ in obedience unto him, and if not, then we're going to stand before him undone. And he paid the price that would make me and you acceptable unto God when we have put our life all beneath the blood of Jesus Christ. And without that, we don't have a chance. You and I today, we need to look and realize the love of God is past understanding. I don't care who you are, you know, how little you've done or how much you've done. The blood of Christ is able to redeem you in the sight of God. And what love that God would <clears throat> bestow such as that on me and you, I can't say that I ever deserved it. But yet God showed us how much he's loved us. How much do we show him that we love him and being obedient unto him? 
while we get some verse of a song to sing, I beg you, please, as we're studying in Sunday school in Hebrews, pay attention, you know, to just what it is, how it's showing us, how it used to be, and what a wonderful way we've got now. Do you realize how expensive it was back then to be obedient? If you had owned cattle, sheep, goats, stuff like that, the very best that you had was what you were supposed to take and offer as a sacrifice. But then God had it all the way down to a dove for the poor people. But each and every one of them, it cost them something. You and I, God turns around, he gives us a much better way, and he says it's free. I'm giving it to you. All you have to do is live for me. People say that's asking too much. But when we get there at judgment, we'll be willing to pay whatever price it would took to be able to be on the side with God. But if you didn't take the sacrifice here, the plan of salvation, there's it's too late. While we sing,